Today, we are starting a new series. Last week, we finished our series in Revelation. So all of you who were here for all of that and and caught all of that, we read through the entire book of Revelation and we sort of did an overview of that book, which was great, but we're shifting gears a little bit today. And we are talking for the next few weeks about family values and things that we value as our core values here at Mountain Park. And I recognize that over, it seems like over COVID, I would say the last couple of years, things have shifted in our church and in our church family. I look out the last couple of weeks and I'm like, there's so many new faces and people who I don't know or people who I barely know or I'm just getting to know. There seems to be a lot of new people here at Mountain Park. And even some people who I thought, well, you've been here for a while, (laughs) are are asking me questions because they're like, well, I haven't really seen that or experienced that because of the different way that we were doing things during COVID. And so as we settle back into more of a regular routine and rhythm in church life, we just wanna take this opportunity over the next few weeks to talk about who we are as a church and what we value most for our church family and for your life. And so I'm excited to dig into the topic of discipleship today, what we believe about that, why it's important to us, and why we might look a little bit different from other churches or church models that you have been a part of. The truth is that every church has something that they value, that they put at the highest value. And if you've been a part of other church organizations, you may have noticed that some churches value things like truth. And they go to great lengths to argue over truth of scripture because being right is the most important thing. Some church families value community. And so a lot of what they do focuses on and revolves around building community. um, And that becomes the focus of the church and what they're, they're all about and what they do in everything that they do. Some churches would say outreach maybe is a high priority for them. And so you might see more interaction in the community outside the walls of the church. But today I wanna talk about what we feel called to, which is a little different from all of those things. Who we are, what we're passionate about, what our hearts sort of burn for has been something that has been evolving, I think. And while the stage has been set here for many years with Pastor Herman Cheryl and their heart for renewal in people's lives, there is a bit of a shift that has happened as, as Pastor Andrew has been here. And we, we both came, Pastor Andrew and I actually met at another church and we both have come from different models and had to sort of reset ourselves to to what do we actually really believe? Not just following whatever other models are out there for doing church, but what do we believe and what is our heart for you? And what we're gonna be talking about over these next few weeks is what we have sort of landed on and where we're going as a church. And I wanna say this, I said this last week, but I'm gonna say it again because it's worth repeating. I love the church. And I know that many of you sitting here today have been wounded and hurt by the church. Not just the organization of it, although that has been a source of wounding and pain for people, 
but by the people of the church. And even though she's broken, she's still beautiful. And I believe in the church. And I haven't given up on her because God hasn't given up on her. Jesus still believes that the church is the main vehicle for expressing his heart and his kingdom values in the world today. And I believe that too. And I've been hurt in church. I've been hurt by the organization of it. I've been hurt by the people of the church. But I am not gonna let that stop me from working every day of my life to make it better. I want the church to be a better place. I want us to feel more welcome. I want us to be able to hold hard things with people, to walk with them in suffering, to work through relationships when they are hurting and broken, to be able to bring reconciliation. I wanna be better. So I love the church. One of the reasons that I am here at MP is because Andrew and I are so aligned in the things that we value and how we view church and the things that we want for people, the things we want for your life, if you're here and you call this your church home. Something that you'll often see and hear us say, it used to be on the wall, I believe it's going back up after our renovations, is the simple saying, Jesus can change your life. And if you've been in church as long as I have, it's a long time, um, you've heard this before. But it, for us, this is not just a cliche saying that Jesus can change your life. We actually believe that it's true. And we actually want to live and preach and, and work together with you in community like we believe that this is true, that Jesus can change your life because the thing that we probably value most is transformation. We believe that Jesus is in the business of changing people's lives and that the closer you get to him and the more you understand him, the more your life is going to be changed. It's not going to look like it used to. You're gonna carry more confidence and clarity. You're gonna be a little bit more gentle. You're gonna start to adopt those things we call the fruit of the spirit as your own character. You're gonna be kinder. Your anger is gonna be diffused. Your life is actually gonna change. You're gonna be able to reconcile with people who maybe you've lost along the way in relationship because your heart is softened for the things that break the heart of God. And you want something better, not just just for yourself, but for the world around you. But we would wanna be the kind of people who would say, I'll go first. Jesus, you can work on me so that I can be the one who brings impact into my family and my community and the people around me. So we value transformation. You're gonna hear us talk about this a lot because we believe that it's true. We believe that Jesus takes hurting and lost people and he begins to work to restore and heal. This is where we landed last week at the end of the book of Revelation is that Jesus is actually at the center of everything. And if we could just see how he is working in our lives, if we could just grab hold of how he wants to work and change and transform us, if we could just see that, sometimes we wouldn't be so disillusioned. He wants to change us. Some of you know this well because it's your own story. You know that God got a hold of your life and you're not the same as you used to be. You know that you were on a track to somewhere no good 
and you met Jesus and everything changed. Some of you know that. Some of you maybe grew up in church and you're like, I'm just here because my parents were here and it's just where I've always gone on Sunday morning. Jesus can change your life too. And you might not think that you need that much of an impact of Jesus in your life, but I guarantee it's usually the things we don't see and don't know about yet are the greatest pieces where God wants to work in our life. Earlier this year, <clears throat> excuse me, earlier this year, we started, we sort of kicked off the year in January with this series called Counterformed. And I just want to go back to that a sec. <coughs> Sorry, I want to go back to that a sec because this is a really important piece for us and it was very intentional that we started this year with that series. And what we were talking about in that series were, was mostly spiritual practices and disciplines and how they work out in our lives and we're going to get back into that a little bit more. But part of that series was recognizing that whether we realize it or not, our lives are always being shaped or formed by something. And if we're not being intentional to allow our lives to be shaped and formed into the image of Christ, which is our call from Scripture, then our lives are going to be shaped by other things, namely the world and culture around us, our own flesh, and the enemy. And we called that the unholy trinity, if you remember that, that force that is at work shaping and forming the lives of man and the hearts of man. And we want something different, but we need to be intentional about it. We need to actually be thinking about what we're allowing to form us. What are we allowing to work in our lives? Are we intentionally coming under scripture and under the influence and conviction of the Holy Spirit? Are we allowing God to work in our life intentionally? Or are we just kind of floating through, letting whatever ideas and paradigms impact us? It's important that we're intentional. And we wanna call people to this kind of intentionality in their lives, bringing every piece of their lives under the leadership and lordship of Jesus, every single area, not the world, the flesh, and the devil. These, these sort of, this principle would be reflected through a lot of scriptures, but some that we keep coming back to are Romans 12, 2, that says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is a, these are not new scriptures to anybody, but this is coming back to the basics of our faith. Romans 8.29 says that God chose his people to be conformed to the image of his son. That's part of our calling as Christians to be conformed to the character and the image of Christ. If we're not intentionally allowing this to happen in our lives, then we're going to be off track. We need to be intentional about this. Ephesians 4.13 says that we are becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That God is at work in our lives, bringing us to maturity. And maturity looks like being more like Christ. That we want his character and his work to be done in our lives. That we want our lives to reflect and look a little bit more like him all of the time. And lastly, another one I'm just gonna throw out there, Colossians 3, 
Verses one to three says, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and set your mind on things above, not the earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Something happened on the day that you got saved. God entered your life. Something changed, something shifted. But if we don't begin to live like something changed, that's called hypocrisy. And there's so many people in the church who are living this. It's sad to me. I'll get to that in a minute. I jumped ahead of myself. The world is gonna offer you solutions to everything. Ways to cope, ways to control and manage everything. Ways to build your own life and do it all your way. The world thinks they have all of the answers. The Bible says there is a way that looks good to man, but in the end, it leads to death and destruction. But Jesus is a pathway to everlasting life. He actually can lead us into places where our life begins to be renewed and different things begin to come out of us. We believe in transformation and renewal. Jesus can offer us something radically different than this world can offer. But again, we need to be intentional about our apprenticeship to Jesus, about being discipled, about coming under the power of Christ. Thank you, Christina. It is Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life, and it is his kindness in unfailing love that leads us towards transformation. He loves us that much that he wants us to become the people he always intended us to be. And this is his story of redemption. Again, we've been talking about this in the book of Revelation, that there is a story that God is writing in our lives, a story of redemption and renewal. Are we letting him write that story where he begins to reform or counterform our lives into the character and the shape of Christ around the teaching and culture of his kingdom, that our lives were formed by the world? We actually have to recognize and admit that that in certain areas, my life has been formed. My, my world, my perspectives, how I look at things was formed by things outside of God. And I need to bring them under his lordship and allow him to reform them and reset them so that I can see things properly the way that he sees them. The life that he offers, the one that Jesus died for is a life where every last thing that was ever marked or damaged by sin is renewed, restored, and redeemed through his shed blood. Everything. Listen, this is the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The sin that is breaking you breaks the heart of God. And so he sent his son to make a way for us, to give us a brand new life. Jesus lived as our great example of life in the kingdom of God, and he died in our place to provide the redemption from our sin, breaking every power and sin of sin and shame on the cross. Everything that has ever held us or had a hold on us was broken at the cross, 
And by the power of the Spirit, he was raised from the dead. And that same Spirit dwells in us. And it is changing things on the inside of us. That is the gospel story. That is the work that God is doing. And what a shame if we fail to walk in the newness of life that Christ offers us. What a shame if we don't walk in all of the things that he has opened up for us through his life, death, and ascension. Resurrection, I should have said, and ascension. If we believe Jesus can change our lives, but we never change, there's a problem. There's a disconnect. We're not living what we actually believe. And I feel like this is exactly why so many people in our generation, mine and the, the, the few that are under me, are walking away from faith is because they see hypocrisy in the church. And, and we're declaring and preaching a power that we're not actually living by. If we're not if our character isn't being reformed, if things inside of us aren't changing, if we're trying to lead other people in the church using fear and control as tools, and we've all seen this stuff happen, and people have been wounded or hurt along the way, and we're saying you can be free, we're saying Jesus has a brand new life for you, but we're not actually walking in the power of the Spirit in that newness of life, that is hypocrisy. And it's easy to point out and easy to see. I don't want to live that way and I don't want to be part of a church that has anything to do with that. I want to be real and honest about the stuff that I'm going through. I want to be able to say, yes, I'm broken, but I'm willing to work on it. Will you work on it with me? I want to be able to walk in relationships where I can be honest about the hurt and the pain in my life, but believe that you'll come alongside of me and bolster me and encourage me and pray for me and help me walk through those things. I want to come alongside you that way. I want to be part of a community that cares more about what's happening in your inner world and how God is working in the deep places of your heart than putting a smile on and a nice outfit and showing up on Sunday morning. I want to be part of a people who will go to those deep, dark places with you and see them healed and renewed. I want to sit with those who are suffering. It's not enjoyable, but it's necessary we need to be able to hold suffering and hardship. Yes, Jesus is the way. Yes, he has amazing life in store for us. But sometimes that comes through walking through suffering and hardship. Sometimes that's when we see when, when the pressure's on, those things that are still sitting inside of our heart that aren't aligned with his character and his kingdom sort of pop up to the surface. We go, there's something again that I need to work on. Man, when those things pop up in my life, I'm grateful I'm surrounded by people who are willing to put their arm around me and say, it's okay, God's grace is here. I'll walk with you in this. That's what we need. That's the kind of community that we feel we are called to build and create here at Mountain Park. I hope this stuff is, is what gets your heart passionate, that makes you say, yeah, that's part of a community that I wanna be a part of. Listen, I know The church hasn't necessarily been the light that they're meant to be. We haven't always allowed God to do that deep work inside of us. 
Sometimes we feel, I feel like there's Christians who, you know, they have a scripture for everything, but are they really living by the power of God and applying it to their own lives? I want to say this too. I know that a lot of you who are fairly new to Mountain Park have been leaders in the church and to know that you've been wounded and hurt by leadership, by the church in general. And I see you. I want you to know that I see you. And I know the leadership potential that you carry in your life. And it's okay if you wanna sit for a little while and allow God to work in those spaces of your life. But I want you to know that at some point, we're gonna to begin to call you out, to ask you to step up, to come out of the shadows and to actually live in the ministry calling that God has put on your life. Years ago, I was in a meeting with my dad and the man, this man from the States who was preaching in that meeting called me out and he prophesied over my life that I was gonna carry redemption and healing and restoration for those who had been wounded in the church. And at that time, I didn't know what was in store for me in terms of church hurt, being wounded by leaders. But I can say that I have walked through fire. And I am here to say there is restoration. You can still believe in the institution of the church and her people. There is healing. For anything that has happened, there's healing. <clears throat> if you hang out here long enough, you're gonna hear us talk about things like spiritual formation and programs and books like soul care and healing care and freedom sessions, which I'm gonna talk about at the end of the message today. These are all healing discipleship programs. And I say that very specifically because they're not just about getting more information, they're about growing spiritually and healing from our past and becoming all that God has called us to be. And they go a little bit deeper than most discipleship type programs that maybe you've been a part of before but we actually believe that these are the best tools and, and we've actually come under them. So when I talk about freedom sessions in a little while, uh, we went through that this spring as a staff before we present it and bring it to our church. We all went through it and did the work ourselves. And so we're passionate about bringing that to you. Same with healing care. When I was going through uh, just burnout and, and you know, being completely crushed by working in the church, I, f I found somebody, well, I shouldn't say that, God brought someone into my life who knew about this healing care program and she took me by the hand and she walked me through it. 
And that became a part of the ministry that I do um, because I love to walk with other people through that. And isn't that exactly how God works? He does something in our own lives so we can take it to other people. And so we care about these things and we're gonna be working through them with you. And so I hope that you get excited about doing this kind of work and becoming all that God has called you to be. All of these healing discipleship-based programs are going to help us grow in three distinct ways. First of all, they're gonna strengthen your personal relationship with God. This is really important. So many times I talk to people, I counsel during the week a lot of people, and they come into my office and, and they're often very disillusioned about the things that are going on in their lives, the hard things they're coming up against, and it's not supposed to be like this, right? And I'm like, well, where's God in the middle of this? How's your prayer life? Or, oh, well, you know, I've been trying to read the Bible. And it's like, we actually believe that those spiritual practices are what position us to build a healthy relationship with God so that when we hit hard times, I don't have to scramble to muster up my prayer life and start digging into the word, but I have a foundation and a base in my life that I can pull from when things get hard. And with, those are the things that we let slip because they're disciplines, right? We have to put them into practice in our life. But if we are constantly building our relationship with God, it's what's going to carry us through when things get hard. So the first thing is those programs will strengthen your relationship with God. The second thing is that they're going to help you have a deeper understanding of your own inner self that will reveal areas that we hold dear beliefs, perspectives that are not consistent with the kingdom of God. So these programs are meant to pull out and reveal the areas where we've been wounded, how we cope just to get by, what is underneath my anger, why am I acting out this way? And we all know that we have stuff in our life. So these programs are designed to go a little bit deeper, to understand where our wounding came from and to help heal those places of our life so that we can live different. And I am actually very passionate about this piece because I feel like if you can't it or don't go to the places of your wounding, sometimes those places are really hard. They bring up a lot of emotion. There's a lot tied to them. But if we can't go there and actually see the healing ministry of Jesus in the deep places of wounding in our life, we're always going to carry defense mechanisms and coping strategies and dysfunctional behaviors that guard those areas of our heart. So we need to learn how to get into those deep places, be introspective, to understand what's going on in our thought life, in our emotional world. And lastly, all of these programs and this, this style of healing discipleship will help us partner with God in carrying his kingdom into our relationships and impacting others. So as we are growing and maturing in Christ, as we're becoming more like him, it is inevitably going to have an impact on our relationships. Relationships and community is where a spiritual growth is actually worked out. It's fine if you think you've conquered something until you meet that next person who stirs that up inside of you and then all of a sudden you're like, mm, I don't know, I thought I was okay here, but I feel myself slipping down again, right? We're constantly gonna be confronted 
in the community, in the church, with things that have the potential to hurt and wound and offend us constantly? How are we gonna deal with it? Are we gonna sit down and have hard conversations? Or are we gonna run away and just go to the next place? We want to be able to be the ones who will sit down and actually hold hard conversations and wrestle them out with people and work through those things so that we can come to a place of unity. We've said this before, but unity doesn't mean that we're all the same or we all believe the same. I can hold the fact that you believe something different as long as there's respect and gentleness and we're working together. It's okay. But we have to learn how to do that better as a church. So those are the three things that you're always gonna see in all of these programs. Strengthening your own personal relationship with God, going deep, introspectively looking at your own inner world, and then seeing how that plays out in your relationships and how you do ministry and life and work and all of the rest of it. It's the full package and that's what I love about it. I want your heart, this is, this is really, important, I think, to us. And I'm going to read a little bit uh, in a moment out of our new uh, constitution, but we want your heart to come alive with passion for Jesus so that that plays out in every area. That's my desire for you. That's my heart for you. No matter what season of life you're in, no matter what you're going through, no matter where you're at, I want your heart to come alive. And here are the places uh, that will receive renewal when that happens. Your thought life, your perspectives, your emotional life, your relationships. Your perspectives are renewed. How you view God, how you view yourself, and how you view your place in the world around you. Those are all perspectives that need to be aligned with the kingdom of God. Your thought life is renewed. We have the mind of Christ, healthy thoughts about ourselves and others. Our emotional life is renewed when we recognize the areas of wounding and, and offense and pain and how we cover those things up. That's our emotional world. Our relationships are renewed as we learn to forgive and to honor and respect others and serve others and walk in, in that uh, restoration that we were talking about. Our identity is renewed. We're no longer looking for who we are According to the world standards, we know who we belong to and what we are called to, that we are children of the living God, and that is our identity first and foremost. Our purpose is renewed. Man, the world will want to give you all kinds of ways to find purpose, but the only purpose that's ever going to satisfy in the depths of your heart is having your story renewed and letting that impact the world around you. That's purpose in the kingdom of God. So all of these things are what we are working towards. Nothing brings me more joy than to see the redemptive work of God in places in someone's life that they never dreamed were possible. Places you've been covering up, things maybe you didn't even want to admit were there. When God gets a hold of that and starts to change and shift things, man, I love seeing that happen in someone's life. That is my joy. That is why I've worked in discipleship for so many years and in different models and churches because I love to watch the change happen in someone's life. I love to watch them awaken and come alive to the Spirit of God 
and to see him working and renewing. That's why we'll, we will always run, run programs like Alpha. We're gonna get back into that again this coming year. And just being able to set the basics for those who are coming to Christ. We have some people who are new believers here in our church and we need to set the basics for them in their lives. I love that. The sort of discipleship model that we're looking at of healing discipleship is starting to gain a lot of traction in the church. If you look at uh, John Mark Comer, and we were talking about some of his books this year, and some of these churches are starting to get a hold of this and using this as their model for discipleship. However, it is still new, and it is still not widely accepted. And there's a lot of churches who, you know, are... are sticking with models from the past that I feel have run their day and are not as effective at actually getting down to change in people's lives. And so I'm, I am passionate about this. <laughs> our mandate is clear, and this is what I wanted to, to read this little chunk from our constitution because I think it will help you to understand our heart and who we are in this. But our mandate is to ignite a deep longing and hunger for Jesus and his spirit-driven formational work in us for the sake of the world around us. That's who we are as a church. I'm gonna read it again. Our mandate is to ignite a deep longing and hunger for Jesus and his spirit-driven formational work in us for the sake of the world around us. I love it. I want that work in my own life. I'm gonna to read to you uh, two short paragraphs from our new constitution because I believe this just sets the heart for our house. We are called to provoke and ignite a spiritual revival characterized by a hunger for the manifest presence of God, obedience to the deep work of Jesus in our inner life, and reliance on the Holy Spirit's gifting and power in kingdom advancing mission and ministry on earth. We long to see our whole church body walking in spiritual renewal wholeness, and kingdom authority as they are formed into the image of Jesus through scripture, spiritual practices, and relying on, and reliance on the Holy Spirit's gifting and power. We see men and women who are able to apprentice others in the way of Jesus as they walk in kingdom advancing ministry and mission in the places God is calling them. If that doesn't stir your heart, I don't know what will. This is the church that I wanna be a part of. This is the mission and mandate that I am giving my life for at this time. And I am so excited to bring this forward. It's taken us a long time to craft these words, to come to something that, that really, really like was able to express and articulate the heart behind what we have been feeling and sensing and believing, the work we've been doing in our own lives and bringing that forward to you. So I'm excited about that. So what is discipleship gonna look like at Mountain Park? And we have wrestled with this question a lot. And I know many of you who are new have been asking, what do you do? Do you have small groups or you might know them as life groups or home groups in the past? Um, 
and we don't really have that model up and running right now. We may do that down the road, but I feel like what we needed to do was pull ourselves back a little bit, and that was basically necessary during COVID too, to like, we weren't able to do all of the things that we were doing. So we pulled back a little bit and actually really focused on deciding who are we and what are we gonna do? And so moving forward out of the gate, we believe that the whole landscape of your life is apprenticeship to Jesus. That's the first thing that I wanna say about discipleship is that it's not a program, it's a lifestyle. Everything about your life is a learning to follow Jesus. I can't put that into a Tuesday night, one hour program. It's, we believe that it's everything that we do and everything that we do together as a church family falls under the umbrella of discipleship. Whether it's here on Sunday morning, when we're worshiping and listening to the word together, whether it's downstairs with Pam and the kids, whether it's a midweek meeting, a prayer meeting, whatever we're doing, we consider it discipleship and part of our discipleship plan. That's why we would love for you guys to be at our prayer meetings. We have one coming up next Monday, not tomorrow, a week from tomorrow. It's our first uh, prayer and fasting specifically for Revival Nights weekend. We would love to have you come and join us for that. Those are the spaces and places in which we practice the spiritual disciplines together, where we pray and follow the heart of God together, where we listen to the Spirit and, and we talk about what we hear Him saying and, and what we sense Him saying to us. These are the places where the things that we are all about get expressed, and so we want you to be a part of everything that we're doing here at Mountain Park. We have events throughout the year and this year specifically for discipleship we will mostly be focusing on freedom sessions. But we do consider everything that we do to be part of our discipleship. People ask me all the time, what are you doing? What are you doing for discipleship? I want us to throw up the triangle diagram. And I wanna work through this a little bit because we worked through this earlier this year, but this is gonna help us understand really what we are all about and how we see this playing out in people's lives. So if you look at, I wanna focus on the bottom corner of this where it says the formation of Jesus. And this is the how of how this happens in our lives. These three areas are what we're always gonna keep coming back to, always circling around. This is gonna be part of any discipleship program that we put into place or that we do, but this is the heart of who we are, that we believed we are formed into the character of Jesus by coming under the authority of scripture, being obedient to what the word is telling us to do, believing that it is true, that it is God's word for us, that it is the guide for our lives and becoming uh, fully submitted to the leadership of scripture over our lives and allowing it to speak it's a way of uh, coming under the scripture as the ultimate truth for everything in life. And so we're always gonna point back to scripture. So we will do things like Bible studies that focus around scripture. We did that this spring with the Immerse Nights where we were reading the Bible and coming together to discuss it. There's many things that we will do that will focus on scripture because this is one of our main points here. We also partner with Perch I wanted to mention that as well. For ladies, 
who are looking for a Bible study this fall. We partner with Perch um, that is headed up by Rochelle Plett at, the, at this moment. And uh, they are offering short-term Bible studies, five weeks, six weeks, different kinds of studies that you can get involved in. If you want more information about that, you can come and see me at the information bar after the service. We have cards there with their website. So you can get connected there as well. I just wanted to throw that in. The other part of this triangle for the formation of Jesus is spiritual practices. And we talked about that already, that the practices are a way of positioning ourselves to deepen our relationship with God and see our lives transformed. And so we're gonna keep coming back to those in terms of everything we do. We partner with prayer nights and how we do ministry in, in our services how we uh, do mentorship and group meetings. So one of the things that we do throughout the week is that our staff will meet with people one-on-one for mentorship. And we're gonna be talking to you about these three things and how God is working in your life. And so if you wanted to talk to someone, you can always reach out to our staff and get connected. If we have too many people, we have other lay leaders who we may pass you on to, but there's always someone who's willing to sit and listen and hear your story and walk with you through whatever you're going through in your life. The third part of that is the reliance on the Holy Spirit's gifting and power. That's also a big part of who we are and what we do. And if you've been here for any amount of time, I hope that you see that. I hope you see that expressed in our services, in places like our worship nights where it's a little bit freer in how Andrew has led some of our services and invited people. Do you have a word from God? Do you wanna come and share that? And I know I've talked to some of you, you like wince inside when he does that. I do too. And then he says, come talk to Brenda, right? It's like, what's he doing here right now? Um, But, there's that reliance on what is the Holy Spirit doing and understanding that he's not always gonna be working in and through just us as a pastors in the front row, but he wants to work in and through your life as well. And that he may give you a word to share with the congregation on a Sunday. He may prompt your heart with something that should be shared. We would love to be able to do that. And so this fall, we are launching a series after revival weekends, we'll be going into a series on the Holy Spirit gifting and power. And we're gonna be talking about that for the rest of the fall because we believe it's really important to be on the same page with those things and seeing what God is doing in our lives. So those are the three things that would be the core values of discipleship here at Mountain Park. This is how people grow and become more like Jesus. This is how we experience transformation. And so we're always gonna keep coming back to this. You're gonna see this triangle diagrams a lot over the next month as we unpack who we are as a church. The season we are in right now, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm gonna land the plane here. The season that I feel like we're in right now is a season of raising up leaders and a season of equipping people who have the same heart as us, who can carry this vision into the places where we will do more programming. But right now we're raising up leaders. And if, you, if your heart is stirred today and you're like, yeah, I want more of that, I want to be a part of that, I want you to invite you to join us for Freedom Sessions this fall. And I'm gonna explain what it's all about. You're gonna be hearing more about it over the coming weeks as we get a little bit closer. Freedom Sessions is a 20-week healing discipleship program. We are gonna run 10 weeks before Christmas, break for Christmas, and run for 10 weeks January through March. 
So you get a little bit of a break in there. It is a program that is going to help you deepen your relationship with God. But it's also going to break open those places of your life and your heart that are not aligned with his kingdom, his character, and his values. It's going to begin to get into those places and ask, how, how do you cope? How are the ways that you try to manage or control? How are, how's your anger? It's going gonna, it's gonna to poke in these places of your life and begin to unpack them. There is homework that goes along with this. There'll be small group time. So we will watch the sessions together on Wednesday nights. We will discuss it in our small groups and then you will go home with more homework and questions to process throughout the week. This isn't a, a light thing, you don't just show up. It's actually required that you do the work. But we believe that this is actually really important for your life. And so it's, it's one of the very few, if not the only thing that we're offering for discipleship this fall. So Wednesday nights at seven o'clock, we are gonna be here starting October 12th. If that's interesting to you, if you're like, yes, I wanna be a part of that, you can scan the code that's right in front of you on the chair, or you can come to the information bar after the service and we can chat more. But there is a registration, a sign up. So you can just let us know, yeah, I wanna be a part of that. And we will sign you up and get you all of the information that you need before those start. So I hope, I know that was just a lot of information today, but I hope that it stirs your heart and my hope is that you feel as passionate about people's lives being changed by the power of Jesus as we do. I hope that you would go, yes, this is something that I wanna be a part of and I'm so glad that I'm here. That is our hope. Next week, uh, I'm gonna take the service again next week and we are gonna be talking about the, the Holy Spirit as an introduction to where we're going this fall. We're gonna be talking about the fact that the Holy Spirit does a work in us before he does a work through us. It's a fruit first mentality. So I hope you're here for that. Why don't you stand with me and just let me pray over you a second as we end the service this morning. Father God, I thank you for this vision and this mandate from your heart. I do believe that this is your, it is your heart expressed through the local church. God, I thank you for giving us clarity I thank you for Andrew as our leader who's leading into places and spaces that others might be unwilling to go. Thank you, Father, that you are working in his life, that you're restoring him while he's away on vacation. We just pray blessing and favor over him right now while he's away. Father, I pray that you would bring him rest and refreshment. Father, I pray that you would bring him back with fresh um, passion and vision for ministry. Thank you for him, Jesus. And I just pray over these freedom sessions and I just ask God that if there is a stirring inside of anyone's heart, that you would just have them sign up and fill, up that, fill out that little quick form. Father, I thank you for bringing this into my life, this type of healing discipleship. And thank you for the opportunity to share it with others. Just pray, God, that you would continue to work in us and through us, that we would see your kingdom expressed in our city and in our region. In your name we pray, amen.